Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we stand the militant Morton. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Almost. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we stand the militant Morton. Morgan. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we stand the militant Morton Gorg. Morgan. <laughs> I know, it's hard. <clears throat> Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Militant Morgan Gordons. Militant Morgan Gordons. Militant Morgan Gordons. <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we stand the militant Morgan Gordons. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1999 cult comedy classic, But I'm a Cheerleader. Ah, guys, this is such a weird fucking movie. God. And I'd never seen it before. I had also never seen it before, but I will say this is the first movie I've not seen in a while that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I can see why this movie has a cult following. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, especially in Gay Pride Month, please practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We need everybody to join our little watch party. Reach out to your friends. Share our show with folks you love, especially the queer folk. We love the queer folk. We do love those queer folk. And please remember, if you haven't left us a review already, it would really, really help us. Consider it your gift to us for Pride Month. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. You ready to go to conversion camp? No. I Exactly. Never. Exactly my point. Never. I never. Fremont power, Fremont pride, be aggressive, drive, 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 go Fremont! Megan, we love you. Lately we've become concerned about certain behaviors. You don't have any pictures of guys, just these. You don't even like to kiss me. It's It's true. true. Honey, we think you're a lesbian. I myself was once a gay. Now I'm an ex-gay, Megan. I work for a place called True Directions. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Who help people like yourself. I'm Sinead, I like pain. I'm homosexual. I'm Graham, and I like girls a lot. I shouldn't even be here. You don't have any unnatural thoughts. I don't think it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. I'm not perverted. I'm a cheerleader. Be aggressive, I'm a homosexual. For the first time in 4K, celebrate the classic comedy. Boys! Don't you see how sad and pathetic you all are? About growing up. This is bull, Megan. It doesn't work. You are who you are. The only trick is not getting caught. Coming out. Who wants to go down with me? Breaking free. There's not just one way to be a lesbian. You just have to continue to be who you are. But I'm a cheerleader. Director's Cut. Look for it on 4K Ultra HD. So this film was directed by Jamie Babbitt, and it was produced by her former partner, Andrea Sperling. So we got a queer movie made by queers for queers. I love it. Jamie Babbitt has her finger... (laughs) 
time will send Jamie Babbitt has her fingers in other projects. Like, no. Come on. <laughs> no. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, Jamie Babbitt has her fingers in other projects, such as Russian Dolls, surprise, surprise, yes. Gilmore Girls, United States of Terra, Nip Tuck, The L Word, Marvelous Mrs. Meisel. Are you seeing a, <laughs> are you seeing a trend here? I'm seeing a strong trend, oh, yes. Oh my God. Queer women write strong women. They do. They do. They They, really do. They write interesting women. And it's not a surprise that I love most of those things. They tried to do this as a musical, and it flopped hard. It didn't even make it out of workshop. Oh, no. Yeah. No no one wanted to give that project the love it probably deserved. I would. How do you take this weird-ass film and make it into a musical? I mean, I feel like I could write some gay-ass songs for a musical like this. Maybe. Guys, you might have guessed it, but we do have names. Um, <laughs> please welcome in her first kicking streaming appearance, Ms. Natasha Leone. Oh my God. She plays our loving heroine here. She plays Megan. Natasha is a crowd favorite here at Kicking and Streaming. She really is. Um, you guys might know her for her stunning portrayal of Nikki Nichols on Orange is the New Black on Netflix. She's also famous for her role in American Pie. Those roles especially are really indicative of the type of roles she's usually typecast in, yeah, right? Yeah, Like the sardonic, sarcastic friend who's going to tell you like it is. She's from Everyone Says I Love You, Scary Movie 2. Oh, God. She's in, She's a voice in Rose. Robots. I love that. She's also, uh, of course, uh, making a making a splash on Netflix right now as the star of Russian Doll. Guys, check it out. Russian Doll's great. I actually have never watched it. Is she still in the same night? How many seasons are there? Has she still been doing the same night the whole time? Or does she get out of that cycle? No spoilers. Okay, okay fine. Whatever. I guess it's available to me. Um, also, Natasha Leone is a lesbian. You can't convince me otherwise, but she <laughs> says she's hetero. Like, after playing Nikki Nichols, like, how are you supposed to make me believe that Natasha Leone is not a lesbian? Acting! She's dating Fred Armisen. <laughs> Fred Armisen. That's an enigma unto itself, but I I don't think it means she's gay. What is going on? She says she's straight. She's straight. All right. Okay, fine. I'll... I know. I know it just tears you up inside, but she's straight. Okay. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, the lovely Clea Duvall. Guys, uh, remember the first time we saw her? She was in Girl Interrupted last March. Where she was obsessed with what movie? The Wizard of Oz. Exactly. (laughs) It all comes back eventually. Guys, she's been on American Horror Story. She's famous from The Grudge, Zodiac. She's in She's All That, which I think is funny. She's also in Argo, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) Cleo, why? She was on The Handmaid's Tale. Yes, she was. Yeah. Yes, she was. I remember that. Um, I love Lizzie Borden Chronicles. I love uh, Veep. She's Marjorie in Veep. I love it. And she is a lesbian. She is. At loud and proud. Girl, welcome. God love her. In the late 90s, early 2000s, she's always the angsty gay looking one. Uh, Melanie Linsky is here, who I, I I always used to get Melanie Linsky and Monica Lewinsky mixed up because they look very similar. They look similar, And yes. have very similar sounding names. I, of course, love Melanie Linsky from her introductory performance in Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures from 1994 with Kate Winslet, both their first movie. I know, that movie's so fabulous. Where they have the weird, psychotic, lesbian relationship and then murder their mothers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Murder, murder's not funny, but like... It's not. 
It's not. It's just, I think it's funny that no matter what choice I ended up going with amongst my choices for Queer Month, Melanie Linsky was going to end up in them one way or another. She was on uh, Two and a Half Men. Um, She's from things like, uh, oh, she's in that Seeking a Friend for the End of the World I love that movie. Um, She's in Coyote Ugly, Sweet Home (laughs) Alabama. But she and Clea Duvall are really close friends. I love apparently. it. I can't wait to do Ever After. She's in Ever After. She's the nice stepsister in Ever After. Oh, okay. Yeah. We have. Here she fucking is. <laughs> here he is. RuPaul Charles is here with us today. God, you folks might remember RuPaul Charles was with us when we did Tu Wong Fu. Mm-hmm. As, he was, yes. As racial tensions. Ra- racial tensions. In the Confederate Jack dress. What the fuck, Ru? <laughs> Listen, I'm not a huge fan of RuPaul. I- I've talked about this before, but like, it's just so friggin' wild to watch RuPaul Charles look into the camera and with a straight face say, I am an ex-gay, it's Megan. Dis- it's disconcerting. <laughs> I can't look directly at him. I could never look directly at him when he was on screen. Because <laughs> he's got the facial hair and he's all like, he's not even that mask. Like, he's just, I don't know. He's still got, he's still got the Tu Wong Fu face. Yes. Like, he's still young yes. and vibrant. Now he's like on the California State Board of Fracking or something. I don't know. Ew. I, don't, I, I just, can we please include... Um, trans experience in your show, Rue. Really? Because like that'd be great. Remember that was my joke. I was like, I'm really fracking frustrated about the <laughs> lack of trans visibility. Rue's got a huge career, but I don't have time to talk about all of it, and I don't really care. Bye, Rue. Um, <laughs> Girl, bye. Um, yeah. Um, let's see some other mentions. We have, <laughs> we have Dante Basco. Guys. Uh- <laughs> Prince Zuko is back. He was with us when we did Hook. He's Rufio. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. I can't not hear his name and not do that. Exactly. It's like holding in a sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) Like my head hurts. Kathy Moriarty is here. Oh my God. She's back with us. She was with us when we did Casper. I love Kathy Moriarty. I feel like the fact that she is the head of this conversion camp, I feel like it's a cosmic joke for the lesbians. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, she's talking and she's saying horrible things, but I love to listen to her talk. Yeah, I know. She's just, uh I've always been super into her. She's got um big, she's got Jessica Lang energy for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm into her. You're evil. It's hot. You're evil. It's hot. <laughs> um, we have, his name's Kip Pardue. <laughs> He plays Clayton. I was wondering who that was. He's Sunshine for Remember the Titans, <gasps> who is also gay. That is right. Yeah, yes, he is. I was like, where have I seen this kid before? The white Michelle Williams is here. <laughs> she plays <laughs> Megan's best friend, Kimberly. I mean, the only movie I really like Michelle Williams in is My Week with Marilyn. I, I know. But like, I mean, she was on Dawson's Creek. She's in Brokeback Mountain, which we decided not to do for Queer Month. Yeah, we're not really into the stories where gays just suffer the whole time. LOL, she's in uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, which <laughs> yeah. I told you not to watch. <laughs> I, it's on my list, man. I know I talked mad shit, but like, I kind of want to watch it now. Mink Stoll is here. 
I, I remember looking you in the eye and going, is that her name? Yeah, that's her name. Um, listen, I said to you when I came in the house, I was like, this movie's weird. <laughs> it reminds me of a John Waters movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny because Mink Stoll is in like every John Waters film. Yeah. Most notably Pink Flamingos and Hairspray. She's the showrunner of the Corny Collins show in the 88 version of Hairspray. Oh my gosh. She's the one that like... She's the one that's busting all the girls for wearing falsies. It's like her character and Velma Von Tussle's character get merged in the musical. Oh, okay. But like she's not problematic in the 88 movie, but like they've taken the elements of her character and put them into Velma's character for the musical. I get it. I get it. But we'll see why I'm excited about that at the end of the show. <laughs> um, Don't give it away. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. You mentioned Bud Court. Earlier. Yes, I did. He's Harold from Harold and Maude, 1971. Another cult classic. That's the one about the boy who's obsessed with death. And he just turns up at the funeral of a stranger and meets this 80-year-old woman who's also obsessed with death. And uh, they form a uh, torrid little love affair. Does it get more camp than Bud Court? Uh, not, not really. No. No, 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 no. Like, this whole film is literal camp. Yeah. They go to a camp. <laughs> it's camp in spirit. It's camp and genre. I, we should get into it. Oh, God. This opening credit sequence. All the tits and all the ass <laughs> and all the names. Hang up the tick carrots. Hang it up, daddy, or you'll be alone in a quick. Hang up the tick carrots. Hang it up, daddy, or you'll never get another fix. All set to Chick Habit by April March. I like this song. Isn't it good? I was like, all right, we're here. We're settling in. Where are my gays at? We're cheering. Go Fremont. Do you know what Michelle Williams' character's name is? Kimberly. Kimberly, the white Michelle Williams. That's literally where I wrote that. When her face comes up on screen, she's like, okay, that was great when they're doing their routine. Uh And I'm like, oh my God, the white Michelle Williams. (laughs) Hi, honey. Oh my God. We have lovely little Megan. It's Natasha Leone. She's she loves cheering. She it makes her real happy, and she does a real good job of it too. I know. I believe her. I think she's having a good time. She Natasha Leone. I swear to God, I've never seen her in another role like this. I know. Like where she she's so genuine and sweet, and just loves her friends. And, and like, oh my God, leave her alone. Yeah. Like just let her be her, please. She's Leave her alone. She's into what she's into. You know who she's not into. She's not into her boyfriend. Her boyfriend, Jared, the quarterback for the football team. I only know like one cool Jared. (laughs) And I went to high school with him and his name is literally Jared Cool. No way. His last name is Cool. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I have very negative associations with the name Jared. All other Jareds have been a bust for me, and he is <laughs> one of them. Um, Megan's in like a very, very traditional heterosexual relationship, right? Yes. Does it get more heteronormative than the cheerleader and the quarterback? Natasha Leone is funny without even trying. I know. Like, I just can't. Like, I love her so much. Like, they are in the car, and he is tongue attacking her. Oh my god. And she's just just like sideways, (laughs) wide-eyed, disassociating, thinking of something else being cheerleader boobies and cheerleader assies. Assies? Assies. (laughs) Boobies and assies. I'm sorry I just said it. I'm sorry I said it twice. (laughs) 
Anyway. I was howling through this part. She's not even enjoying it. She's thinking of something entirely different. Like, not to mention Jared's octopus tongue. Like, the way it just keeps coming at her. I'm like, get rid of it. Jared's tongue is a villain all of its own. It has a knife. It keeps attacking her. So... She needs to stop the makeout. So she's like, I gotta, I gotta be late. I'm gonna be late for dinner. I, I gotta get home. Because the obvious next step is he wants a hand job, right? Yeah. And like, we're not gonna let that happen. We go to dinner and we have a passive aggressive prayer. <laughs> Please help us to follow your path, the one you intended us all to follow. And Lord, please help us to obey the roles in life you set for us. For all that is natural and healthy and sacred. Oh my God! <laughs> which she, which like the whole time her dad is praying, she just the way that she's just like side eyeing him, like what? Like Bud Court, like giving this really passive aggressive prayer, like about the subtextually is like, God, please don't be gay, honey. And I'm like, can we not? Especially at the dinner table. So at this point in the movie, we know why we're here. She's a closeted homosexual, so closeted, even she doesn't know it. But it seems pretty apparent to everyone else, like to the point where mom and dad are setting up an intervention for her. This is crazy. It's all crazy from here on out, folks. Like, it just gets worse and worse, but, like, we're going to be here with you for the ride, so let's all hold hands together, shall we? Not True Directions. Oh, God. Okay. I want a show called True Directions with RuPaul. (laughs) No, I would never watch that. I literally wrote, because RuPaul, Mike, pulls up in that van that's it's like blue and pink and it says true directions on it and i literally wrote kill me it's rupaul he is a gay conversion camp counselor it's too real for me mike i can't look at you because you're rupaul he's wearing a t-shirt that says straight is great the important thing is to be clear and direct but to do it lovingly we're not accusing we're supporting i think i hear the car Here they come. So obviously mom and dad have called Mike from True Directions in here to facilitate this intervention. They're really going to try conversion for something they don't even know is true yet. I know. They're that afraid of it. I hate it. This movie lets the parents skate, in my opinion. Jared, the boyfriend, brings Megan home from school and everybody's waiting for her. Like, even her friends. Like, why? How mortifying. Her parents, her friends, this strange man in athletic shorts. It's like, what is this? Dad tries to start it off, but mom interrupts immediately and goes, honey, we think you're a lesbian. <laughs> the way RuPaul just looks at us and, and he's, he's <laughs> he is so serious. I myself was once a gay. Now I'm an ex-gay, Megan. I, I work for a place called True Directions who help people like yourself learn to understand the reasons behind homosexual tendencies and and how to heal them. Give that queen a Razzie. Was once. I literally do not believe you. I wrote, they think she's gay because she's a vegetarian and likes Melissa Etheridge? No, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Like, accurately. Stereotypes can be accurate for a reason, you know what I mean? But, like, those things, especially individually... Do not make someone a homosexual. Okay, because Melissa Etheridge is gay iconography. (laughs) 
They, she came out in like 1993. She's a country gay. Yeah. <laughs> She's one of those country gays. This is a rare breed, the country gays. Like Katie Lang. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know a place. Prettiest pie. Over the river bend, it's up with the end of the sky. Oh, sing it. My favorite lesbian country singer, Katie Lang. <laughs> anyway. This is terrible. Um, just let kids be into their own sex. Like, it's perfectly natural. Treating it like it's unnatural is going to cause them so many more problems for the rest of their lives yeah. than you just accepting them outright like it's fine. Because it is fine. Because no matter how much the heteronormative class does not want to believe it, it's natural. Literally everyone has gay thoughts. <laughs> It literally just depends on whether you were conditioned to suppress them early or not. I mean, a little bit, yeah. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, our parents, both of our parents, very dedicated heterosexuals. <laughs> yes. Been together for 40 years almost. Made two kids together. Made two children together. I'm sorry. There's no way neither one of them hasn't looked at a man or a woman and gone, hmm, hot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. They, they may not have ever advertised it. But, like, it's completely natural. People are cute. People are hot. Like, it's... I'm sorry. I know, I know. And, like, I don't want to bring the mood down here, but what we're talking about here is conversion therapy. Yeah. And, like, I understand that this movie's a comedy, but what we're not hearing about in this narrative is the kids who go through this conversion therapy come out on the other side, quote, successfully... And then the high suicide and substance abuse rates that occur among people who have endured conversion therapy, it does not work. The American Psychiatric Association has not endorsed conversion therapy, I think, since the early aughts. I feel like we're missing that element where where we don't outline that this is a very serious, harmful form of therapy and it destroys people's lives. They're going to pull her out of school. Yeah. They pull her out of her education, her high school education. For six weeks. To send her to conversion camp. So um, we have Mary Brown. Mary Brown is the director of True Direction. And her son, Rock, is fine as fuck. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Mary. I'm the founder of True Directions. And you must be Megan? Yes. This is my son, Rock. Hi. Pleasure to meet you, Megan. Thank you. Looks like we got you just in time. You and I have very different ideas about who Mary Brown is and why she's running this horrible camp. I think Mary Brown has always suspected Little Rock of being gay, and they have never talked about it. But he's big rock now. Uh, it's a little too late, I think. <laughs> the bedroom eyes you just gave me. Like, oh my goodness. Oh uh, my god. So now she's trying to cure everybody else's kids, and she couldn't fix her own. In my head canon, she's a former lesbian uh-huh. who's really hardcore gone into this. I kind of see her and... You know, Mike, RuPaul, Mm -hmm. as the former gay man and former lesbian running this camp. But, like, you're right. It's never really touched on in Mary's background. So, like, obviously Mike is, you know, gay and lying about it. Yeah. But, like, (laughs) you don't, we don't see her. Like, there's a moment when she first gets there and starts her, first of all, her parents drop her off and they're like, bye. Yeah. And then in the first interview that they're having together, 
there's that moment where she's talking to her in the first meeting where I'm like, okay, maybe you could be a former lesbian the way you're talking about women, but like, I don't know. But this is this is like a 12-step program, isn't it? Yeah, except there's only five steps. And we are at step one, admitting you are a homosexual. The first step is always the hardest, and Megan is not ready to admit yet that she's a homosexual. When you see a woman in a tight skirt, in a long beautiful legs, or maybe in the locker room, soaping her body, rubbing her breasts. You don't have any unnatural thoughts. I don't think it's unnatural. Aha! You see, you don't even think it's wrong. Well, I don't think it's unnatural. Aha! (laughs) Yes, it's the aha. It's the aha for me. Like, I just, it's when she's talking that I'm like, is she supposed to be turning me on? Like, I didn't... Stop. Oh, my God. Your Kathy Moriarty thirst is going to get in the way. She is a horrible, sick, depraved woman. In, in The character is, yes. No, yeah, not Kathy Moriarty, but still. Don't look me in the eye and pretend that you haven't been attracted to garbage characters on this podcast before. Do I need to bring up Paul Rudd from 40-Year-Old Virgin? No, you really don't, because that's <laughs> inconsequential, and I wasn't that attracted to him, but, like, shut up. Moving on. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Melanie Linsky and her New Zealand accent are here. Oh my god, we yes, this is Hillary. Yes. Hillary is um very dedicated to the program. She's gonna show Megan the ropes. Rise and shine at seven. Breakfast at eight. Group therapy until lunch. Now in the afternoon we have free time to do um yeah, whatever. And then we move inside for reorientating exercises. Hillary is proud to admit that she's a homosexual. Yeah. Because it means she's on her path in her true direction. <laughs> oh, barf. And I just I could also just listen to her talk all day. I love New Zealanders. I love Kiwis. <laughs> I love watching Prime Minister's questions from New Zealand. Jacinda Arden. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We stand Jacinda <laughs> my, Ardern. My favorite current serving head of state, Jacinda Ardern. Got her country out of the pandemic within a year. God bless you. Lord. Something about those labor parties, baby. She's showing her around. She takes her to the girls' dorm where all of the girls sleep. And I have never seen this much pink in my life. I I see less pink in Pepto-Bismol commercials. The only other person who's in the dorm when they walk in is Graham. All I'm saying is they them? Question mark? Like, no. I'll tell you exactly why her name is Graham, okay? Okay. Her name is Graham. Remember her father? Her asshole homophobic father? We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. I'll lose it later. I guarantee you... They named her Graham because they wanted a boy. How awful. Yeah. And then she came out a girl and it was a real disappointment. Which I mean, name your baby what you want. Gender specific names don't have to matter. But like. But we know that they wanted it to matter. Yeah. We know they wanted it to matter. So it's like still problematic. Um, Graham's my fave. This is where we sleep. But there's no inappropriate behavior allowed. Inappropriate. Like swearing? No, inappropriate, like fucking. Oh. You get caught in the throes of sodomy and au revoir. I literally wrote, here's Clea Duvall being Clea Duvall again. (laughs) She's lying on the bed, smoking a cigarette, reading a magazine, trying to pretend like she doesn't care about anything. We always find her smoking and reading first in any Clea Duvall film. I just love it because from the moment she sees Megan, I'm like, okay, I know what this is going to be now. And I saw the trailer. (laughs) 
so. Graham is obviously comfortable in her sexuality. She doesn't think being a lesbian is wrong. But she's here. She is here, and we will get more on that later. All right, so Mary sits Megan down in front of the rest of the group. We're with all the other converts, yes. Uh, The rest of the group has already cleared step one. Let's introduce them one by one, shall we? Go for it. We've already met Hillary. Yes. She's the good girl who went to the all-girls school, and she's really happy to be here. Uh Uh-huh. Then we have Jan. Hi, Megan. Uh, I'm Jan, and I'm a softball player, and I'm a homosexual. At a bare minimum, Jan is experimenting with gender presentation. It's really not clear, and it's really not up to us to speculate. But you're, you're right. I feel like there's a lot to unpack with Jan. Yeah. That we don't unpack. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Sinead. Sinead is your typical uh, dyed hair, nose-piercing lesbian. I'm Sinead. I like pain. I'm homosexual. I'm a little afraid of Sinead. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to call her Sinead. <laughs> Because she's problematic. Anyway. (laughs) Then we have Joel. Joel has a speech impediment. Bless his sweet gay soul. Yeah. I'm Joel. I'm a Jew. And, uh, homosexual. Not to spoil the plot, but I'm leaving with Joel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm either leaving with Joel or Clayton, and I think I'd have a better chance with Joel. We've obviously met Graham already. I love the way Graham introduces herself. She's like, my name's Graham. I like girls a A lot. lot. (laughs) Tell me about it, honey. Yes, you do, honey. You know how I know that? Because you're Clea Duvall. Absolutely. (laughs) And then we have Andre. Andre is your stereotypical, lisping, gay theater kid. Like Like, Andre can't run. Andre can't do sports. Andre belongs into club. He does! (laughs) Andre belongs into club with his boa, living it up. Andre, actor, dancer, homosexual. My headcanon for Andre is that after this movie was over, he ran off to New York and joined the club scene. Absolutely. Became a club kid. Oh, he joined a house. Absolutely. I bet. I bet. Oh my God, I love to think of Andre in ballroom. Anyway, (laughs) going on. And then we have Dolph. Played by Dante Basco. What's up, Prince Rufio? Prince Zuko, what you doing here? He's our homosexual varsity wrestler. Uh Uh-huh. Dolph, homosexual varsity wrestler. How you doing? And then Clay, who's so forgettable, I almost didn't write his name down. I'm Clayton Dunn. I work in retail. I'm a homosexual. He's just a piece of meat to me in this film. (laughs) Right! Like, I literally don't care about anything he has to say. I'm just looking at his body the whole time. Megan is in some pretty deep denial about being a lesbian, and we go through this painful process where the other kids are trying to suss out of her the obvious details that she's gay. They're pressuring her to to commit to step one, admitting it. And I was honestly a little triggered by this part, like where all of the voices are overlapping and she's rethinking everything. Like, this is ridiculous. I feel like this all happened way too fast. She basically got kidnapped. She did. And now she's being forced to say, yeah, I'm gay. It's like they're the cops and they're trying to get her wrongfully convicted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're trying to get her to commit to a crime that, first of all, she didn't do. And second of all, it's not a crime. Like, it's like they've got the, it's like they've got the beam of light on her and like, where were you on the night of the 24th? Whose pussy did you lick on the night of the 24th? Oh my God. Like, come on. I'm a homosexual. 
Congratulations, Megan. You have just taken your first step in your true direction. And she's crying, and I just feel big, big sad at this point. Was yeah. she fine? Because, like, she's almost a little disgusted with herself. She's confused. She's like, you know, I thought everybody had those feelings. They do, honey. Yeah. However minuscule they may be, everybody does. And it's perfectly natural. It's absolutely natural. But not according to True Directions. And so, ugh, I just, I hate it. And and it's not going to be the last time that I'm angsty over their angst. <laughs> Poor Megan. I'm a homo. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're here and we love you, sweetie. Speaking of repressing your natural desires, can we talk about Sinead and the taser for one second? Okay, first of all, when, you know, we have the dark bedroom, the dark pink bedroom, and they're all and they're all sleeping. Well, not everybody. <laughs> oh my god! You can hear this, like, like, uh, like this buzzing sound. At first I was like, is somebody masturbating? Yeah. Is somebody getting off right now? Who smuggled a vibrator into conversion camp? No! Nay-nay! Shanane! <laughs> it's like, what is it? It's like a Taser wand. It's or like a lightning baton or like, something like that. It shocks you. You see it in BDSM porns? Yeah. Where they're like, oh, let me shock you in the buttocks a little bit. No. Like, first of all, where did we get those? Why do we have them, Mary? That's what I want to know. It's for aversion therapy. And here's the thing. I don't think you're entirely wrong about the masturbation. Because it's Sinead that's got the taser under the blanket. Uh-huh. Remember what Sinead likes? Pain. Pain. Exactly. She also really likes Graham, who <laughs> yeah. sleeps just across the way from her. Like, who masturbates in a room full of other people? I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, I've done it on the down low, but I mean quiet as the grave so that no one else around me would know I was doing it. Okay, if the- you're admitting it, I'll admit it too. It was in the dead of, it was like, you know, 2 a.m., everybody's asleep, and you're just real quiet about it, you know? But, like, she's, like, it- full-on moaning. Yeah, we were in a roomy living room, like, it's okay. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I wasn't, like, next to anybody. So that's all weird and part of the conversion therapy, but that's just another example of it not working. We've now arrived at step two, rediscovering your gender identity. This is fucking laughable. Like, they are they are pretending to be proper women. Domesticians, if you will. Domesticians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm learning to do the vacuuming and the ironing and changing the baby properly for when you have your, you know, your first child as a true and proper woman. A true and proper heterosexual woman. <laughs> Having children is your currency. You're just an incubator for fetuses. I'm getting big Stepford vibes here. Yeah. I'm like I'm like, we just were it's like Mary's trying to teach all the girls how to be lovely little heterosexual housewives. And I'm like, okay. In and out, in and out, and in and out. Get into every little crevice. Gender roles in the binary are a great tool for conversion camps to erode a person's feelings about their identity because it's not about sex. It's about everyday life. If you're not straight, you can't even enjoy a life without sex. Yeah. That's what they're trying to get across. So they reinforce these gender roles to put you in this itty-bitty, teeny-tiny box where you feel like you want to die. Just imagine your brain is made of tiny boxes. Find the box that's gay and crush it! For real! (laughs) The AFAB people are doing their domestic duties, caring for the plastic dolls and doing their hair. The boys. The boys! I swear to God! Are fixing cars... 
and simulating war. <laughs> what the fuck? Like RuPaul Charles in these itty bitty running shorts is running them up and down the property, pretending like they're in a battlefield situation, just trying to pull that toxic masculinity out of them. That Pinot Noir episode of Unbreakable. Where Titus is like, imagine a blue-collar worker. Maybe he's a car fixer or does something with ladders. <laughs> like, that's the vibe I get here. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Cars. Curs. <laughs> like, I love the shot where they're trying to chop wood. <laughs> yes. Because that's very manly, right? Right. Symbol of Abraham Lincoln. Guess what? Abraham Lincoln was gay. <laughs> When Andre goes to split his, he just throws the axe behind him, (laughs) and they all duck. I love it. Bless his little heart. Also, as far as the boys go, like, they're all just basically into Clayton. Yeah. But, like, Clayton and Clayton and Dolph have their own little special thing going on. Yeah, they're they're getting it on on the down low. So now we're sitting down to talk about our root. Yeah. The root of our homosexuality. Because remember, in these people's warped version of homosexuality, homosexuality is not something you're born with. It's something that you acquire along the way as a result of some kind of event or the way you grew up. Also, we're sitting down with our parents to do this. Oh, I'm horrified. This is step three, right? Family therapy? Yeah. And like all of the converts... And all of their parents are all sitting in the same room together, listening to everyone else's problems. This is where I officially wrote, Graham's parents can die in a fire. Oh no, yeah, let's talk about her horrible homophobic father. Yeah, um, he immediately uh, just takes out to the, he immediately just takes to the vitriol of it all. He doesn't have time to be here. Well, excuse me, but but we're paying a lot of money here to get these kids fixed, not sit around and listen to stories all day. Graham, I hope you're getting a little more out of this program than that faggot over there. Mr. Eaton, I don't find that appropriate. I, I, I've heard enough of this crap. When you get back from Switzerland, you better have this gay thing out of your system. Got it? I got it. Fuck up. No college, no car, no trust fund. And then, like, he just leaves. Like, I just, I just, he is on screen for no more than two minutes. But just based on those two minutes, I know exactly who he is. And before he leaves, he's like, if you don't finish, he says to Graham, he's like, you don't finish this, you know, no school, no car, no money, cutting you off. And I'm like, that's your child. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck if you have disagreements about who they are. You can work that out. But to deprive them of things because of that? What the fuck did you have the kid for? Exactly. This is why I can't believe people just have children willy-nilly, especially in today's world. Like, he's already mad that she's not a boy. People just become parents just to have kids. They don't want to put in the work. They don't want to put in the work that comes with accepting that child for whoever they are. You know, people just have kids so they can go, hey... I reproduced. A lot of people who have children together don't sit down and go, okay, we're going to produce a baby human. No one has the conversation of, I'm not saying no one, but very little, I think, does the conversation happen between two people who are like, we're going to produce a child. This child could be anyone. Are we prepared to accept that? Exactly. Don't ever have a child because it's what you need. Yeah, do it because you want to devote yourself to creating a good human being. Like, you're raising a human being that will be a contribution to the continuum of our existence. Who can vote. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who will be able to make important decisions for our humanity. Stop turning them into 
addicts and prisoners and victims like sorry I, I'm, I'm going off base. No, I get it. Because, like, I totally now understand why Graham is in the position she's in. It's the sad story of many gay people who, as teenagers, have to origami themselves, fold themselves into the shape that their parents want so that they don't lose their family and their support network. Like, if they disown her, she has nothing. This is just the price you pay simply for being who you are. And I just, my heart just breaks for her. And then Mary rushes Megan into her own route because, like, Megan offers this story about how, like, her dad was unemployed for nine months at one point and her mother had to take charge as the breadwinner. And Mary immediately takes that to mean, like, oh, your father was emasculated, your mother was domineering. Well, not exactly. You wanted to emulate your mother. You have no respect for men because you don't respect your father. It's really not like that. Megan, you have found your root. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? How did you get there? I mean, I see how she got there, but I just can't get over how she's dragging that family like they're not sitting there. We get this montage where Megan is like staring at Graham while she's washing her face. I'm like, girl, we're catching feelings. I love Mike's moment of gay panic over Rock. Because <laughs> Rock is outside, you know, being sexy and gay and doing yard work. And he's start he's trying to start up his chainsaw. <laughs> and it's got RuPaul Mike nice and flustered. And I'm like, oh, are you are you having are you having doubts there, Mike? You're the you're the you're the group facilitator. You can't have you can't have these thoughts, Mike. I wrote, of course, Clea Duvall is smoking alone. Megan's trying to come up with lyrics for this song she has to write. She's like, I'm having trouble with five, six, seven, eight. It's a cheer. I'm stuck on five, six, seven, eight. God is good. God is straight. Yeah, that's good. See, Graham and I would get along famously. Because Graham's basically just like, listen, this doesn't fucking work. It's all bullshit. You are who you are, and the trick is not to get caught. Exactly. You don't really, quote, fix these kids. You just teach them how to hide it from you better. And that's why Graham's here. She got caught with a friend of hers in her bedroom. My stepmom caught us in my room one day and sent me here. Are you in love with her? Does it matter? And, and it just breaks me the way that Graham goes, does it matter? Oh, baby. I, ju- I, I, I just hate that she's basically being held hostage. Yeah, it's awful. It's really awful. Like, be straight or you'll have nothing. Those are her parents' terms. And they're not the only parents with those terms. Okay, so like you said, we do have that montage with Megan and Graham liking each other more and more, getting more friendly, more close. I don't understand why this happened. <laughs> oh, no. But, like, I think Megan just gets a little too randy. And does she steal into Mary's office? Is that where she's at? I'm not really sure I where th- they are. I think she's in Mary's office, masturbating and, like, praying? She's not a prayer, but, like, she's saying... She's tasing herself and saying her little anti-gay affirmations to herself. Like, I will resist temptation. I will resist temptation. Blah, 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 blah. And then she sees Dolph and Clayton are already in there. Are making out. 
apparently Mary's office is the place to bang. I think it's like a fuck you, Mary. Yeah. You know, the, all the, you know, they just, the respective couples just sneak in there night after night. It's like, whose turn is it tonight? Is it Dolphin Clayton's? Okay, they get Mary's office tonight. And like, she catches them. And snitches on them without a moment's notice. Like, oh my God, help. Shut the fuck help. up, you stupid help. little bitch. A little premature simulation? They were kissing! She's full of shit! Like we were just... Uh, just we were just, call my mom. Just Dolph, listen, we I were am just... really disappointed in you. I don't think she understood what would happen exactly. Because the policy is that if you're caught fraternizing with other participants in the program, you're automatically kicked out. And like, so she screams, she wakes everybody up, and they pull Mary out of bed, and she pulls Dolph and Clayton into her office and says, I want to know who started it, because that person is leaving. I guess Dolph is leaving. She, Bye. Oh, no. And then puts Clayton in a literal doghouse. No, here's the thing. As a form of solitary confinement. I thought she was kidding, but she means a literal doghouse. It has a pink picket fence and everything. Like, where's the dog? Honestly. Was was the dog gay too, Mary? (laughs) Did the dog have to go? They sent the dog to a farm because it was gay. (laughs) I wrote, I guess Dolph is leaving. Bye, Dolph. You were super cute. Anyway, this brings us to step four. Demystifying the opposite sex. I don't get the purpose of this step at all. These terrible Photoshop pictures of heteros being hetero is supposed to work how? Yeah, we're getting this slideshow where Mary is clicking through these pictures. It look you're right, it looks like a collage almost, the way everybody's been cut out and pasted. And like, you know, everybody's watching, they're falling asleep on their hands, and then Graham reaches over and starts touching Megan's arm. I think we're having some emotional intimacy that even Megan isn't aware of at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, It's not sexual what she's doing, touching her arm. No, it's not. It's just like, hey, this is rough. I got you. Like, I'm here. And you I, know? I love that. Um, so just like in Girl Interrupted, we're sneaking out. <laughs> Yeah, Megan catches Jan, Sinead, and Graham getting ready to sneak out close to Lights Out. And initially, Megan doesn't want to go with them, but she eventually follows them off the property. And this was the part where I wasn't sure what was happening. Like, what kind of movie is this becoming? Like, where they all pile in the van? They all get into this blacked-out van and slide the door shut. And I'm like, are we being kidnapped? What's happening? No, we're meeting Larry and Lloyd Morgan Gordon. Listen, Larry and Lloyd are my favorite characters, hands down. Protect Larry and Lloyd at all costs. Larry and Lloyd used to be a part of True Directions. They used to be converts themselves. <laughs> but now, they are living out and proud. They're married. First time you've all been AWOL? Larry and Lloyd are ex-ex-gays. From True Directions? We were among Mary's ranks before we defected. We're just trying to provide you all with a balanced perspective to see that there are options. In the end, it's up to you whether you choose to live a lie. Whether you want to be who you are or keep it hidden is really more what we're about. So you run like the underground homo railroad. (laughs) It's adorable! And what they're doing is they're providing safe experiences for these queer kids who are in queer prison. I mean, I don't know that I'd call it safe. We are giving minors alcohol whatever however like, he ge- they give them all uh fake IDs so they can get into this gay bar nearby called the cocksucker yes i was getting legitimately upset with this scene at the cocksucker like <laughs> <laughs> 
I was. You mean because it's called the cocksucker? Because, like, you know, this girl approaches Megan, and <laughs> Megan's freaking out. She's like, you didn't tell me you were going to take me to a gay bar. Like, she's panicking. She's having an actual gay panic. And, like, this woman comes up to her at the bar, and she's like, do you want to dance with me? And Megan's like, um, no, I can't. And then <laughs> Graham's like, what the fuck? Go, go dance with her. Come on. Give it a chance. And then she does. And, like, then Graham starts dancing with Sinead. And what are the, what is this feeling, Megan? Is it jealousy? Yeah, they're giving each other all this over-the-shoulder eye contact. This whole thing was, like, making me so upset. Like, it just, I was. I was just upset. I was like, wow, we're in a space where we should feel comfortable, and she can't even feel comfortable. Yeah. Because she's, um... I think she's uh, got a hard one on for Graham, but like no, like I just, and it's more than a hard on at this point. Like it's a it's a soft on. Like she's really fallen for her, and and I agree. Like she's supposed to be able to feel safe here and to be who she is, but she's got so much internalized homophobia that she can't allow herself to feel normal in these feelings. And, like, she storms out of the bar. and we, she, Yeah, we have to go talk about our gay out yeah. back. She goes into the alley and... I almost called her Clea. And Gra- I, 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 every, Haven't you heard me hesitate every time I've said Graham's name because I want to call her Clea? Yeah. <laughs> so Graham follows her out into the alley. And, like, I, I just love this because every teen romance has one of these scenes where the two people who are obviously into each other are like, You like me. No, I don't. All right. Well, do whatever the fuck you want. That's why we came here, right? So you could be yourself. I don't like Sinead that way. Which way is that? Clothes? We weren't doing anything. Doesn't matter. Why are you freaking out? It's none of my business. Do what you want. You want me to do what I want? I could care less. What I really want? Screw you! And then they kiss! They finally kiss, and the way Megan's like, I'm not supposed to like you. Yeah. But I want to do that again. (laughs) And also, um... Sinead be jealous. Oh, yeah. Sinead, like, opens the door to the alley and sees them macking on each other. And I have a serious theory about Sinead that will go unconfirmed, but I'm going to bring it up in a second. Okay? okay. All right. While cleaning the girl's room, Mary finds a matchbox from the cocksucker. Graham, you had one job and it was to hide <laughs> how gay you were. <laughs> so Mary sits everyone down and demands that someone fess up to sneaking out. Gra- she immediately singles out Graham. And Graham handles this like a champ. I didn't sneak out. But you know who did. No, I, I don't, but um, I did realize something about myself last night that I was too scared to admit until now. All right, I, I, out with it. Come on, out with it. I have a crush on Joel. Graham, in an act of desperation, admits to having a crush on Joel. Of all the people there. (laughs) I think it's because Joel's the sweetest, you know what I mean? I mean, I guess. If she has to deal with the fallout from this, I mean, at least Joel's a nice boy. She lies so she doesn't get kicked out. Like, at first I thought, is she trying to save them? But no, she's just trying to save herself. Because if she gets kicked out... She's losing everything. Exactly. And then... Cut to Megan's parents being in the office with Megan and Mary, and they literally tell Megan that she will not be allowed to come back to live with them if she doesn't stick it out. 
And the way that Natasha just goes dead behind the eyes. And I'm like, that, I, I can't believe, how could you do that to your child? Your child who is not a legal adult yet. Because they make it about themselves. If we let them come home and be gay in our home, they'll talk about us at church. They'll talk about us at the Friars Club on the PTA. It's not about you. Exactly, bud. It's about your child. Exactly. Fucking give a shit. I love the way this scene is blocked because the parents are not sitting with Megan on that side of the desk. They're sitting with Mary on her side of the desk. Yeah. So it's literally like everybody against Megan. So Mary is wise to what the militant Morgan Gordons are doing. (laughs) And so... They live nearby. And the sign on her bed that says, silly faggot, dicks are for chicks. I did laugh. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Like, that's horrible and ugly and awful. It is. But, like, they just kind of go full Westboro Baptist Church on the militant Morgan Gordons. They're picketing their home. We are here. We're not clear. We're not going anywhere. That's it. Is it a retreat? We're coming out. (laughs) Is this what you teach now, Mary? Throw stones from glass houses? You're going to have a lot of broken glass around you. It's part of the process, Lloyd. The Morgan Gordons, they're camo gays. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know if they met in the military or if they just became those post-70s militant gays that were like, burn it down and start again. Yeah. Either way, I love them. They are the heroes of this movie. And they have a gay kid. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. I don't think he's, quote, actually their kid. I think that they just take in gay youth who have nowhere else to go. There's no place like home. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so... This um, has brought us to the final test. Oh, God. So this is the last stop before step five. Mike and Mary are grading the kids on how well they perform in their gender roles. They have to write an essay, How My Root Prevented Me From Heterosexual Loving. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And they go through all of this testing. And if they don't clear this test, they're going to be kicked out of the program, like that late in the game. And Andre, our our theater gay... Doesn't make it. He's the only one who doesn't make it. (laughs) And he's just done at that point. He lets them all have it. He's like, you know exactly who you are and you know exactly what you want. You're all just liars. The last thing I need right now is some fruit who just proved he's straight telling my ass how sexy I am. Congratulations, liars. You know who you are and you know who you want. Ain't nobody gonna change that shit. Say it again for the people in the back. Like, I'm glad Andre wants to live his truth, but I'm also really scared of what's waiting for him at home. Like, we didn't get a lot of his parents at all, so I don't know if they're like dog whistle homophobes or if they're the hardcore kind that beat their children into heterosexuality like i don't know i'm scared i need to know what happened to andre andre honey you belong in ballroom absolutely go to new york city find yourself a house abundance fabulosity evangelista (laughs) become one of them so um they've conditioned megan to be so uncomfortable with about almost anything that now even the lesbian sex that she decides to have with graham almost seems like it's not doing it for her we've arrived at the heavy petting scene between megan and graham very heavy petting we all knew it was coming and if i may say so rather tasteful yeah this that, that song that's playing it plays like three times throughout the movie it's like their song i loved this song it's a nice song are you still Still breathing, breathing, are you still breathing, breathing to 
called Gone by Carrie Young. Oh. I'm going to be adding that to my music library. This is kind this is where Megan reveals to, I love how she's like, I'm gonna tell you something, but don't laugh. I really like cheerleading. I really miss it. Cheerleading is the one thing that kept me happy for a long time. It's exhilarating. I love to see you cheer. Don't make fun of me. No, I'm not. I'm not. So I think maybe I'm just jealous that you love something. She's telling her that the way Graham makes her feel makes her feel the way she feels when she's doing the thing she loves the most. Like, that's so... That's gay. It's so evocative, but it's almost like she's not aware of how deep that connection is for. And Graham says, I'm just jealous that you love something. Right? And I'm like, oh, oh, Graham. Oh, honey. So Sinead, who was also a victim, rats them out to marry. So here's the thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. Do we get confirmation whether or not it was Sinead? It was Sinead. Sinead saw them sneak off together to fuck. Yeah, because like when, because here's the thing. (laughs) Megan wakes up the next morning to literally everyone standing over her and Mary yelling. Get out of bed, you hormonal hussy. I can't believe you did this. You were supposed to be the role model. Now get up right now. What did I do? (sighs) A little sleepover with Graham? Get dressed right now. And bud, I'm telling you, I've never seen this, but just by the look on Sinead's face, I knew it was her. Yeah, of course. That smug little shit-eating grin, I wanted to punch her in the face. So Mary sits both Graham and Megan down separately, and is like, okay, in my sick fucking depraved step five (laughs) of this whole process, which is going to be simulating a sexual lifestyle, what she wants is for one of them to choose... To have the simulation of sex with her son, Rock, who is quite obviously gay. I feel like this whole conversion camp is for Rock. (laughs) Yeah. Who is the most proudly gay of all of them. And he's not even in the program. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. It's like she's trying to fix everybody else's kid because she can't fix her own. So whichever one chooses, Megan or Graham, whoever chooses that they're going to do the simulation with Rock gets to stay. Yeah, and Megan says no. And She's like, I don't think that's going to work out. And then she looks out the window and Rock is... <laughs> dancing to Wham Bam, thank you, man. Yeah, and dancing around. And she's like, Rock, turn it off. Wham Bam, thank you, man. Rock, turn it off. But here's the sad thing. Megan said no because she assumed... That, that Graham would say no. Yeah. Hardcore. And Graham ends up taking Mary up on her offer. She'll, she'll lose everything if she doesn't. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It, it's I really in no way fault her at all for making that choice. And so, like, yeah, Megan's out, Graham's in, and now I'm just fucking uncomfortable and sad. Hey, 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 speaking of chosen family, because Megan doesn't have anywhere to go. Her parents already said, don't come home unless you're straight. She goes to stay with Larry and Lloyd Morgan Gordon. Oh, my God. And, like, first of all, can we talk about the interior of the Morgan Gordon's house for a second? Okay. Like, they've really overdone it with the rainbow. Like, I get it. They're out and proud, and I want them to decorate however they want. <laughs> yeah, they're really embracing the rainbow aesthetic. Like, everything's rainbow. The walls are rainbow. The curtains are rainbow. The candles on the kitchen table are rainbow. And, like, you know, 
Megan's on her own now, and she wants Larry and Lloyd to teach her how to live as a homosexual because they're the only two homos she knows. Yeah. I can't go back. I thought you could teach me how to be a lesbian. What they wear, where they live, you know. Uh, Megan, we can't help you with that. There's not just one way to be a lesbian. You just have to continue to be who you are. And the way they're like, hey, there's plenty of ways to be gay. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't help you with that because you got to figure out how you want to be a lesbian. There's not a way to be a lesbian, honey. And then who comes around the corner but Dolph? Dolph's here. Larry and Lloyd took Dolph in after he was kicked out of the camp. They are my fucking heroes. They're providing him with a home. Yeah. I love how he's wearing these rainbow pajamas that make him look like he's just escaped from gay jail. Which he has just escaped from gay jail. Oh, you're not wrong. This has brought us to the actual step five, simulating a sexual lifestyle. Um, these people are fucking sick. Mary and Mike. Like, Mary talking through the simulations with everybody. Like, I don't understand what kind of sick fucking gratification she's getting out of this, but, like, she really seems to be enjoying herself. Like, she really likes seeing... She thinks she's fixing these kids, and she thinks that by them completing the step that they'll officially be straight. But telling the boys to get on top of the girls and feel how soft and vulnerable they are... Oh, it's so weird. What the fuck, Mary? And, like, she's put all of these kids and Rock into these spandex morph suits that are, like, beige with fig leaves on them to, quote, cover their private parts. See, I was getting really uncomfortable because I thought she was actually going to make them have sex. No, 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 no. And I'm very, I mean, I'm not glad that it's a simulation only, but, like, still. Honestly, bud, this, in terms of conversion therapy or reparation therapy... This is actually a super common practice. I figured. Like, I figured. Putting two, putting like an AFAB and an AMAB in positions and then forcing them to simulate, quote, normal heterosexual activity. And you're right. It's just so fucking weird and gross. Poor Rock. Can we talk about Rock for a second? He's lying on top of Graham and like... He's just kind of wiggling back and forth, flaccid as the day he was born. And Graham has no one behind her eyes. Like, there's nothing in her eyes. She's dissociating, staring at the ceiling. And I'm just like, you know, it's funny to look at if you're not queer, but if you're queer, all you're thinking about when you watch this scene is how horrible this must be for both of them. To be forced into this position and basically being reparented as like a straight person and just all of the turmoil that causes inside. I just, I hate it. Dolph takes Megan out to the cocksucker so she can enjoy her freedom. Yeah. And she's really not enjoying herself because she misses Graham. Exactly. She thought they were going to run off together, away from this camp, and make a gay little life together. Megan and Dolph are sitting out in the alley where she kissed Graham for the first time, and they're talking about, quote, taking a stand, as in standing up for who they are. Taking a stand is, like, one way to put it. But, like, coming out is such a tremendous risk for so many queer people. And, like, we don't know the specifics of Clayton's situation, for example. Mm. Like, he's kind of tough on Clayton, I think, a little bit, the way Clayton doesn't want to be out and be with him. She's scared and maybe she's making the wrong choice. But it's her wrong choice to make. You have to be willing to walk away. What about you and Clayton? Look, if he can't make a stand, he just can't make a stand. 
Well, what about you? What are you willing to do? So Megan and Dolph have a plan. They get their gray fatigues on and they roll up on the True Directions graduation. Why are we like at a fucking wedding? Because it's heteronormative, right? Uh. The heteros love their institution of marriage. And it's just like, um, it's just like, oh, what do they call them? Uh, virginity? packs or whatever that weird shit where teen girls like get married to their fathers and promise chastity until they get married it's a promise ceremony oh let's talk about the outfits like first of all like i think like the whole movie there's been like really gendered coloring in the costumes and the set furnish set furnishings Girls wear pink, boys wear blue, and now the boys are in, I think they're actually latex. Yeah, I don't even know. The fabric of these suits is like blue latex. They're literally shining. And the girls are wearing like debutante spaghetti strap ball gowns that are also like pink and latex. And I just think that's such an interesting choice because the fabric looks so fake and manufactured. And you see all these young people walking down the aisle in a procession. All their parents are there. Everybody's wearing white. In white, yeah. And like just how processed and fake they look. Because they're all living a lie. Yeah. Like, it's just, I think that was a really good choice. I will say, I do like that Joel's yarmulke has his name on it. Yeah. In little gold <laughs> in little gold stitching. I love it. Anyway, I love how there's one convert mysteriously missing from the procession. <laughs> you guessed it. It's Clayton. Because Clayton and Dolph immediately flock to each other. This is a fucking rescue mission. Don't pretend that it's not. Like, they are immediately making out. And I love how Mary sees Dolph take off with Clayton in the background, and she's like, whatever. She says nothing. Yeah. She's like, what is she going to say? Oh, it appears the program has not worked for this one individual. Yeah. Look at him as he runs across the lawn with his gay lover. Graham's the last one in the procession. And Megan, like, army crawls her way over to the pews <laughs> and, like, pulls her down in between two pews with her, and she's like, why are you here? I came to get you. And then she goes up there and then Megan's like, okay, fuck it. Plan B. Yeah. (laughs) She goes to the truck that Dolph drove her here in and she changes into her cheerleading uniform, pom-poms and everything. And like as Graham is getting her creepy little participation trophy for completing the program. With the boy and the girl holding hands together. Yeah. Ew. Like Megan walks up the aisle and gets Graham's attention and she starts cheering that little song she was writing. One, two, three, four, I won't take no anymore. Five, six, seven, eight, I want you to be my mate. One, two, three, four, you're the one that I adore. Five, six, seven, eight, don't run from me cause this is fate. And I said, and then Megan shows up in full cheerleader garb and now I'm crying. What the fuck? Yeah. Like that was, it's so, it's such a sweet moment. And I'm like, this movie is fucking weird. (laughs) Like I've been on a roller coaster of depravity and crazy and now I'm crying. Like. Because she's confessing her love for her and we love the gay love. This ends abruptly. Oh yeah. That's my biggest complaint about this movie because Mary starts yelling at Megan to leave because she's disrupting her heteronormative 
negativity. Yeah. And Megan runs for Dolph's truck, jumps in the bed, and she's smacking on the window. Go, go, go! But Graham runs up right as they're pulling away, mm-hmm. jumps in the bed with her. And then their song starts playing. Oh, I love it! And then the camera goes skyward and then cut to black. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the movie. We don't know what happens to them. We do get one little snippet. And listen, I did not think there would be any redemptive power after this. But like we see there's a banner in a classroom that says parents and friends of gays and lesbians. And it's it's Peter. It's Megan's dad. It's Bud Court. He's like, my name is Peter and my daughter is a homosexual. Hello, Peter. And then you just cut to a shot of Mink stole of her mom in the classroom just with her head down. She's trying not to be recognized. And I'm like, oh my god. And then it ends. So I guess the parents didn't disown her in the end. But frankly, I don't know if that makes up for trying to change her in the first place. No, I'm like, I hope that fire's still raging. The one they're dying in? <laughs> oh no. Like, I, just, I really do. Homophobic parents who are willing to learn and change, I'm always going to welcome that. Of course, of course. I just hate that they got the Von Tussel treatment there at the end. Oh my god. So how did you enjoy that? I did. I mean, it was fucking weird. I mean, I liked it, yes, but like at the same time, I was like, this is such a weird cast. Like, it, there's so many different corners that these cast members are pulled from in my film viewing lexicon, and I think it's a really weird marriage of all of them. But like I said to you at the beginning, this reads as a John Waters film to me. Yeah. Not only because of Ming Stoll, but like, because like, just it just feels like it is. Like, I've not seen a lot of John Waters movies. Movies, but from what I have seen, I'm like, this is the same vibe. Like, this is the same campy, kind of low-budget, you know, feel. And I think it's it, it's just, it's weird. It's weird for me. But I did <laughs> like it. It was a good viewing experience. And it did produce good conversation, did it not? Yeah, it did. I think we had a nice conversation. <laughs> because, like, I just, I really did not know this movie was about conversion therapy. Like, I always get recommended this movie because of how gay my search history is. Uh-huh. And so Netflix or Hulu or whoever is always trying to shove this movie on me. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know if I would like it. Because it's a movie about homosexuals from the 90s. And so I've always been wary of this movie. And so when <laughs> when it came down to, okay, do you want to do Brokeback or do you want to do this? I'm like, well, I'm not doing Brokeback. One problematic thing about this film, I think, I mean, it depends on, like, you know, where you fall in this conversation. But, like, only three of these actors are actually homosexual. Yeah, and actually, it's, yes. It's Clea, Rue, and Douglas Spain, who plays Andre. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the only three actual gay actors in this. Yeah. But, like, you know, people make the argument of, like, well, it's not about who the actor is. It's about the character they play. And, I mean, I would agree with that. But, like people are like, oh, we need more queer representation in media. We need more queer representation in film, television. And I'm all for that. This is also 1999. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't necessarily good for your career to be out in the 90s. Exactly. 
Like, acting's all well and good and everything. I just feel like that if we're going to be telling queer stories, then we need to be giving those queer creators and actors the opportunity to represent their own community on a huge level. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but then people would argue with you and say it shouldn't matter because whoever's the best actor for it should be able to play it. But what you're saying is the best actor would be a queer person. Exactly. Yeah. Do we put Sylvester Stallone in movies about being a tough guy because he's not a tough guy? Like, and I get it. That's why I like shows that have mandated diversity. Yeah, like Hamilton. Or The Lion King. Or Rent. When you have it written into the script like that, you really increase the chances that we're going to get some quality visibility out of it. And some pretty stellar performances as well. Absolutely! Because white people are bland as fuck. (laughs) Where's the flavor? Like, I I need some more than just salt and pepper on this. You know what I'm saying? That was But I'm a Cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And guys, I don't know who you think we are, but if you thought we were leaving June without doing a musical, you don't know us at all. You pick the first two movies, I'm picking the last two movies, and I'm going to give you a gift, my brother. Yes, you are. You are going to give that gift to me. Next week, we will be covering the 2007 film adaptation of Ross's favorite musical of all time, Hairspray. Oh my god! I'm so excited. (laughs) He's wrist flapping everyone. (laughs) I know what you're saying. Hairspray's not gay centric. You're right. You're absolutely right. We're going to deconstruct the problematic nature of my favorite musical next week. Yep. I'm really excited for it. Let's point out that white savior narrative. Absolutely. Let's uplift those black performers. Absolutely. And let's talk about how the Scientologists should not be playing the queer role. John, we're coming for you. And of course, we will pay proper tribute to John Waters for his original creation of Hairspray. Absolutely. But no, we are going to be covering the 2007 musical adaptation, guys. And I know that absolutely destroys you, but it's the one with music in it. Yeah. It's the fun one. It's the fun one. So look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, in Pride Month, be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. Folks, we want everyone to join this little watch party. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom. <laughs>